Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Starting our new series, Summer Of, today. Summer Of, and today specifically we're talking about Summer Of Freedom. Summer Freedom. Now, if there's anything that you would love to be free from this summer, what would it be? And don't tell me your kids, okay? <laughs> but, but what would it be? Would it, would it be, man, I'd like to be free from debt. I would like to be free from a certain person of my life, maybe. Maybe it's some type of addiction we struggled with, some kind of bad habit we've picked up. I'd like, maybe I just, man, I'd like to be free from that. Maybe, maybe a freedom from a mindset that we have that isn't positive or, or, or a negative emotion. But if you could say this summer, 2023, this summer, if I could be free from one thing, and this could be a benchmark, what would it be? Well, now, when we were talking about this message and programming uh, this service, we, we try to think of something that everybody would love to be free from. A message that we could do that hit everybody right where they were. And it was interesting because when we thought about that as a team, it didn't have to think far. Because you see, there is something that we all face and deal with at some capacity. And it's something that hurts and they can cause scars that are extremely hard to heal. And if not dealt with, can change the way we see others and even change how we see God. It can steal your joy and cause you to act in ways that, that you don't like. Here's the thing, we all want joy. You ask people all the time, you know, what do you want in life? They'll say, well, I wanna be happy. I, I just wanna be happy. Well, happiness is one thing, but happiness usually is derived from some circumstance that we're going through. So if things are good, we're going to be happy. But joy is there because it comes from the Holy Spirit and is there regardless of what's going on around us. That's, that's really what we want. We, we want joy. And it's this issue that we're talking about. If we don't deal with it, it, it almost it, it seems like it will bubble up in some way. In almost every counseling session we do. And almost every deliverance we do, this issue is prevalent to the point where it can cause some type of destructive behavior in our future. And that's rejection. Rejection. Not only rejection, but a, a spirit of rejection. You see, spiritual warfare is real. It's so real. And for those of you that have been in fellowship for any period of time, you know, we talk about spiritual warfare a lot. We, we define who our enemy is, and we want to make sure that we defend ourselves against that enemy. We want to make sure that we take ground back from that enemy. And we at Fellowship Church, we take Ephesians chapter 6 super literal 
That's the scripture that says that for, we're not fighting against flesh and blood uh, enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of, of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We believe that if we're struggling with an individual, the struggle really isn't with them, but most likely some type of spiritual influence that's influencing them. Some type of maybe demonic uh, presence that somebody is struggling with. And we have to understand when we read that scripture, we got to stop fighting with each other and then instead just do warfare against the true enemy, the devil, all of his demons. And it is a daily struggle. Paul even talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter, seven verse, or ch chapter 12, verse 7. He says, so to keep me from becoming proud, so he's talking, saying, I, I had an issue with pride. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. So in this particular situation, the Lord saw Paul and what he wanted to do through Paul. And he looked at his weakness. And one of his biggest weaknesses was pride. Now pride can come through a generational curse or it can come just through experiences of life. And Paul was a part of the Sanhedrin, which was this religious group that were highly educated. They just thought that they were better than everybody else. And so he kind of took on this spirit of pride and God knew it and God didn't want him to have it because God knew how dangerous the spirit of pride could be. After all, that is what caused uh, Lucifer to become Satan. That is what caused Satan to fall from heaven and take a third of the angels with him and they became demons. That's our fight. That's who we're fighting against. But if even Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, can deal with this type of, uh, uh, with this type of attack, then none of us are immune to it. When you think about it, we've all been rejected in our life at some point. For some, maybe not as much. For others, maybe way more. But many times it starts when we're young. Some people from birth know that they're unwanted. Maybe they sense a lack of attention, lack of eye contact, lack of affection. Sometimes kids are, are told they're unwanted. And it causes this spirit of, of rejection to come upon them. It opens the door to rejection in their life. Now, of course, the children that are adopted, they struggle with this. Even though they may be adopted into a home that loves them and accepts them, the, really the perfect family, at some point in their life, the devil's going to start whispering lies into them that, yeah, but, yeah, these people love you, but what about your real parents? What about your biological parents? Obviously, they didn't want you. Obviously, they rejected you. So, Almost always in counseling situations, if a person has been adopted, we have to deal with rejection because of that. Being made fun of, being laughed at, being excluded, being gossiped about are all the worst forms of rejection for kids, but also for adults. Nobody in here likes to be gossiped about. Nobody in here likes to have a friend that, that turns on you, or once was loyal to you, but now has betrayed you in some way. I mean, it's super damaging. Or maybe you're just ignored. Maybe you've been, uh, you were ignored as a kid or, or you were ignored as an adult. Your friends just acted like you weren't there. I remember when I was in fourth grade, I had this group of friends and every recess we would go out and we would play football together. That's just what we did. We did it every recess, every day, every day of the year. 
And uh, uh, every once in a while, these guys, I don't know, they just had a mean streak in them. And I would run out ready to play football with them, and I would get up and say, hey, guys, you ready to play? And they would act like I wasn't there. They wouldn't acknowledge that I was there. And then, then sometimes they would just take off running from me. And at fourth grade, I still remember that hurt. It's real. Now, I started teaching spiritual warfare here 23 years ago. It's crazy, which, gosh, I'm so old. Um, but when I started teaching spiritual warfare, uh, I did it out of necessity because I had these huge issues in my life, sin issues that if I didn't get a handle on, they were going to destroy me. And I couldn't, couldn't figure out why, you know, I just couldn't have enough willpower. I just couldn't pray enough or I couldn't just get, I just couldn't get enough counsel. And, and, and then the Lord came into my life in a way with some knowledge that showed me who the real enemy was and why I could never get a foothold against him and against these sin issues in my life. And so I started studying and reading books and, man, listening to all this different curricula out there that, on, on spiritual warfare. And, and, and it changed my life. And as a result, I was like, I've got to take all this stuff and put it together so that we as a church family, we, we can go through it together. So that the, the people in Grand Junction could feel the same freedom that I got to feel. And so, man, I, I did that and I, and I just, man, I, I dove into it. And as we dove into it, like I said earlier, we found that there's this common spirit that so many of us have and it's that spirit of rejection. So I thought, okay, if we have this many people that have rejection, I need to do some messages on it. I need to figure out how we can get rid of it and, and, and find some tools to fight it. And so I study and I'm studying and I'm studying and, and, I, and I'm thinking, well, this is going to be so good for everybody else. It's just going to bless everybody else. And then I started reading the symptoms of the spirit of rejection in guys and I realized I had every one of them. I'm like, what? How could I have rejection? I, I know I got these other issues, but I grew up in a good home. I had great parents. For the most part, I had great experiences in school. How could I have suffered from the spirit of rejection? And immediately I had to ask myself a question. So who was I rejected by? And secondly, what do I have to be sad about? Like, seriously, I, I had such a good upbringing. Something's causing this sadness in my life. Something is causing this heaviness and this depression. So where did it start? And then the Lord started to bring me down this road of remembering my past. Things that had happened to me as I was growing up. I remember one specific story. I was a sophomore in high school and I had this group of friends and we'd grown up together. I mean, we had done everything together from the time we were in kindergarten all the way up until that point. And there was about six or seven of us. And as time went on, it seemed like there became a power struggle among some of the guys in this group. And I don't know if there was too many alpha males or what, but it seemed like it was this, this fight between, uh, you know, what one person wanted to do versus another and, you know, who are you going to be loyal to and all that kind of stuff. And it just got super unhealthy. And I remember one night we did, a, 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 we, we had decorated a homecoming float uh, for homecoming week and we were at the high school, which if you, if guys come on, admit it, if we go to decorate a float for high school, really we're there to watch the girls that we like decorate the float. We don't do anything. We don't, we don't do anything. We're, we were horrible at that. And that's really what we were there for. And, and so we decided, you know, we got kind of tired of that. I was like, hey, let's go get something to drink. And that was back when we had drive-ins. Man, I miss drive-ins. And not just Sonic, but drive-ins. And so we had this drive-in where I grew up. And so I was like, come on, we'll go. And so everybody jumped in my car and all these guys did. And then also 
a girl. She just decided to come with us. And we took off and we were riding around. Well, one of these alpha males decided that he was going to get in an argument with the girl in the, the car with me. And it was something over something so stupid. And so finally he gets to the point, he goes, hey, Tim, tell her to get out of your car. We're leaving her. I was like, I'm not telling her to get out of my car. It's late. It's like 9.30 at night. It's dark. We're not in the greatest neighborhood. We're miles away from the school. I'm not going to kick her out. He's like, come on, I'm sick of her. Kick her out. If you don't kick her out, it's either her or us. And I was like, well, I guess it's you because I'm not going to kick a girl out in the middle of the night in a strange place and miles away from the school. So at that moment, he goes, come on, guys. And they all jumped out of my car and they took off running. They just took off and left me with this girl. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cause a problem. I didn't mean for this to happen. I, I just feel responsible. And I was like, don't worry about it. You know, they'll get over it. So I went back to the school. Uh, they weren't there. Then I figured out that they had gone over to this alpha male's house and I drove over there and uh, got out. I'm like, guys, seriously? I wasn't going to leave her there. Are you kidding me? And they didn't even respond. And I went over and I said, hey, dude, I'm sorry, but I I couldn't do that. That wasn't right. They acted like I wasn't even there. It was so childish. They were all 16-year-old guys and they acted like somebody, the, the alpha male had told them, hey, when he gets here, just act like he's not here. And I went around to each one of them. I'm like, guys, really, seriously, this is the way it's going to be? You're not going to talk to me? We're, we can't. All these years we've been together, seriously, this is what you're going to do. And so they didn't speak to me. One time I jumped in my car. They did not talk to me for almost two years over that. And that was hard. It's like I went to a new school the next day. I had to find a whole new group of friends. And then, of course, those people were doing their best to, to turn anybody against me that they could And those things cause deep hurts, deep hurts within me. You think about your life. Anytime you were broken up with, whether you were an adolescent or an adult, when somebody breaks up with you, that's rejection. Going through a divorce, that's the ultimate rejection, right? Being cheated on. Or maybe you were a child of divorce. If you were a child of divorce, you see, counselors always say, so many times the kids put the responsibility of that divorce on them. They say that they feel responsible in some way for it. So that is a form of a rejection as well. Abandonment, abandonment, abuse, having to perform to a certain standard all the time and and feeling like you always fall short, that's rejection. Not to mention what we feel from coaches or band directors or people that are maybe in student government that are our leaders. Here's the thing, I, I was abused by a coach growing up and I'll, I'll be honest, I know where he lives. So if you have teenagers that love to teepee houses, you just send them my way. I'd love to see his house get teepee. No, I've worked through forgiveness with him. But super abusive coach relationship, chronic lack of employment, of, uh, of employment, uh, um, rejection at the workplace. All of these things can cause the spirit of rejection to take root in our life. And the longer that spirit roots in us and stays in us, the more negative manifestations or symptoms will arise. Now, let me give you a few. Let me give you a list of of male manifestations or symptoms from the spirit of rejection and then also those for ladies. But know that these these symptoms can, can overlap. So you may have some that girls have, and girls, you may have some that guys have. You may not have them all, but if you have some, that means that a spirit of rejection may be trying to root in your life. For guys, 
you may tend to want to control or dominate situations. And because of rejection in your life, you want to control every situation to where you're not hurt again. Another one is someone not listening to you or not doing what you tell them infuriates you. It makes you really mad, especially if it's a subordinate, especially if they are supposed to come under your authority when they don't listen to you. It makes you mad. Trust in others is very hard for you. Okay, just have a hard time trusting. You get frustrated easily with projects that aren't going your way. Oh man, I manifested that all the time. Just ask my wife and kids. You know, don't, don't ever ask me to install a sprinkler system or get in an engine compartment that's smaller than it's supposed to be and I have to try to, I will lose my mind at times, right? I just lose it. And my wife is laughing down there at me. She's laughing at me right now. She knows. Struggle with that. Patience is not a virtue for us, for those of us that struggle with rejection. And then here's another one. We tend to wear people's poor decisions like a cloak. In other words, those that uh, we've tried to help that haven't listened to us, we take it super personal. Okay, so those are some guy symptoms. Here's some ladies' symptoms. Low self-esteem or low self-worth. Poor body image. So when you look in a mirror, and I've said this before, when you look in a mirror at yourself, what do you hear? What do you hear? So many times people have this poor body image or, 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 or feeling of a low self-worth because rejection has told them that they're not worthy of any of it. They're not worthy of love. They're not worthy of acceptance. That, that people have rejected them because of the way that they look. Maybe you feel unworthiness. Maybe you feel uh, like you can't embrace grace. Ladies, if you struggle with the spirit of rejection, you will wear guilt and shame like a blanket. A guilt, you just want to, you feel guilty about everything. You get up in the morning, you didn't even do anything the night before, and you feel guilty. Well, well guilt is also a spirit. And it'll come upon us and it'll plague us, make us, to fe- make us feel bad about things that we shouldn't even feel bad about. It can lead to eating disorders, depression, hopelessness, and the feeling of being overwhelmed. That's what rejection can leave us with. And almost always is linked to the spirit of heaviness, which is talked about in Isaiah 61.3. And that spirit, spirit of heaviness, they call it heaviness because it, it feels like a weight on you. Like it's just like, oh, it's heavy. I'm depressed, I'm down. And you just feel like you, you just can't get above water. Now, a lot of us deal with depression and we try to fix that directly. But the real issue that needs to be dealt with is rejection because that's what's causing the depression. You see, none of these symptoms anybody wants. And we, if we just looked at the symptom and we try to fix it without fixing the cause, then we'll never get better. Let's say you get diagnosed with cancer. Well, before that diagnosis, you'll get all kinds of symptoms, all kinds of things that you try to deal with, all kinds of things that maybe you even tried to medicate. But then you realize, oh, the root cause is, is cancer. It's not all this other stuff. It's the same thing with the spirit of rejection. You may have these symptoms, but the root cause comes from that hurt. 
a few years ago, um, there was this great show, and I, I, I'm a reality show guy, especially if it's it's uh, competition based. I love Survivor. I love The Amazing Race. I, that's I, I just love that stuff. Well, there was a show. It was a competition based show called The Biggest Loser. Do you remember that show? And it was a TV show where they took people that were struggling with weight issues and self-esteem issues, and they would bring them to this camp, and they would they would help them work out, they would help them uh, get on a diet, but then they would also help their emotional issues, whatever was causing them to struggle with food in their life. And there was this girl, her name is uh, Michelle Aguilar, and she has this incredible story. And in fact, there's uh, several uh, testimonies out there on on this website. It's called I Am Second. And everybody that is on there, for most of them, they have fame in some way, and they tell their story about how God is first in their life and they're really second. So I'm going to have you watch this video, but if you're watching online, know that it's going to go to a QR code. So when you see that QR code, just scan it with your phone and you'll be able to pull that video up. Since it's over four minutes, we can't actually show it and broadcast it. We get in trouble with with YouTube and Facebook. So um, if you're watching at home, you're going to see a QR code. Feel free to uh, watch that video now or you can watch it later. But no, we'll be back in about six minutes. Let's go ahead and show that. You see, Michelle understood or came to her the understanding that her dark part of her journey started with rejection. The, so the, the eating too much and, and the weight issues, and that, that was just a symptom. She had to fix what was going on inside of her. And isn't it interesting that when we are hurt, when we're going through something hard, especially with the spirit of rejection, we tend to run to something that will make us feel good in the moment. And all of us have that different hot button. It may be food for some. It may be alcohol. It may be, you know, spending money that we don't have. But it's something. But that symptom is not the problem. It's the rejection behind it that's fueling it. Now, there's some common but unhealthy ways we respond to rejection. And you might find some of these things 
in common with maybe how you're handling situations right now as you go through life. The first of which is you may just decide you're going to avoid the risk of rejection altogether. You're just not going to try in relationships. You're not going to have friendships because it's just not worth the risk to you. And I'm not talking about the people that have already hurt you and you've set up boundaries with them. And we're very big on, on setting up boundaries here for those that, that, have, that have hurt us in the past. And we don't want to be just a, a doormat that people can run, o- run over. I'm talking about new people in our lives. New people that haven't done anything to us. And we can cause ourselves, it can cause us to make us want to reject them before they can reject us. We start to get close. We may see a couple of things that we're just not sure about. And we just decide, you know what? Uh, this is too much. I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to get close to you. You may also struggle with lack of commitment. I mean, you think to yourself, if, if I never commit, it will be easier to get out of the relationship before you can hurt me. And this is why so many people now don't want to get married. They don't want to commit. They don't want to have a covenant with somebody because it's easier to get out of it if they don't have that covenant. Or maybe conforming to the environment instead of being who we are. Maybe you're the type of person that you get with others and they have opinions and, and, and thoughts and beliefs that are just not ethical or immoral, but you don't want to say anything because you don't want them to reject you. But here's the thing, we know we're the only voice of truth out there. The Christians are, we're all that's left that's going to speak sanity into the world. We're the only ones that believe in the truth, which is the word of God. And so we can't allow ourselves to be afraid when people disagree with us. So rejection can cause that as well. We We may also respond with anger or aggression. A lot of times when we're rejected and we don't deal with that issue, we can become angry people or maybe aggressive. You see, one negative emotion can give birth to more negative emotions. You may have been told before, dude, you have anger problems. You need to go to anger management. Well, the truth is you may just have rejection issues. The rejection issue is the core. Anger is just a symptom. Or number three, being overly sensitive to rejection and overly dependable on the approval and acceptance of others. People who carry a spirit of rejection are the most offendable people on earth. You could probably identify them in your life. People that you just go, I don't know, I just can't spend very much time with them because I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Everything I say, they they get offended by. Everything I, I, I do, it seems like it hurts their feelings in some way. Or maybe they, you just become a people pleaser. So you perform for others' approval. And it gets to the point where sometimes you'll compromise your own morals or standards just to get that approval. We've, we've all fallen into that before at some point in our life. But identifying all that is one thing. How do we get over it? How do we overcome it? How do we make this summer a summer of freedom? Well, here's some ways. And I'm telling you guys, this works. You may, have been, you may have been told your whole life, you need more counseling. You, need, you just, you know what, try this medication. Try these different things. And, I, and I'm not one that's like just completely against medication because I believe that there are issues out there, especially when it comes to depression, that, those kind of things. It can be a chemical thing. Maybe you have thyroid issues. There's all kinds of physical things that can happen within us that, 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 that affect our emotions. But what I'm talking about is the fact that there can be 
if we're not careful, uh, things within us that are just there only because we were rejected. And when we deal with that core cause, the rejection and all of its crazy symptoms will go away with it, go away from it, go away. And it's just a beautiful thing when that happens. So how do we overcome? Well, first of all, base your life on God's perfect love and what God's word has to say about you. Not what the devil has to say about you, but what the Lord says. Hebrews 13, 5 says, let your conversation be without covet covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that, me will, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear that man shall do unto me. Guys, we got to understand, and it's a hard thing for us to swallow, but we can't depend on people's love for us. We can't be dependent upon that. God says he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you, but people will. They will. And sometimes it's the people that's closest to us. It's sometimes it's family members. It's blood. It's people that we've known for years. We've known, we can't even imagine the, the person out of our life, yet they're the one that is hurting us. But God never will. God is absolutely committed to you. With no one else, when no one else is there, he is there. And it's extremely hard if you suffer from rejection for you to wrap your mind around God's love and his, and his grace. The spirit of rejection can only be healed by God's love. And you need to own that and you need to accept it. And he wants you to be free from it. Secondly, pursue relationships with fellow believers. If your closest relationships are with worldly people, you are going to get your heart broken. You just will because worldly people are all about what you can do for them. We're all selfish in nature, but when we're not plugged in to the God of the universe and not filled with his spirit, then we're gonna to tend to be way more about what you can do for me instead of what I can do for you. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. When you find a good Christian friend, they won't run away when troubles come. They will run to you. And, and that's what you need. Now, not all Christian friends are like this because many Christians still have too much of the world left in them. You might say, well, I've had Christian people hurt me way more than, than worldly people. We're all a work in progress, right? We are, but the closer we get to the Lord, the better we'll be in friendships with each other. Number three, accept rejection and don't take it personal. I know that's super hard. Luke 6, says, God blesses you who are hated and excluded and mocked and cursed because you are identified with me, the son of man. So when we're, when we're ridiculed or we're rejected because we believe in God, according to scripture, we should like welcome that because we get rewards in heaven when that happens. But it's hard, it's hard not to take it personal. It's hard not to take re rejection personally. But this counselor one time told me, he says, look, if you can learn to separate motive from action, oh, it's such a freeing thing. Because the majority of the time, people's motives are right. It's just the action that's screwed up. And also remembering that we're not fighting against people. We're fighting against these demons and spiritual forces that are working through them. When we understand that, oh, it makes it so much easier. Number four, 
Forgive those that reject you and offer them Christ's love. Luke 6, 27 says, but if you are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, pray for the happiness of those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. Are we doing that? Do we do that? If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. If someone demands your coat, offer them your shirt also. Give what you have to anyone who asks you for it. And when things are taken from you, don't try to get them back. Do for others as you would like them done for you. So if we, we treat others the way we are treated, then that can be a sign of rejection in our life. Jesus says, I want you to live this way. We should strive to live this way. Just using Christ's love in every situation. And then number five, ask for help. Ask for help. We have an incredible deliverance ministry and restoration ministry here at Fellowship Church. We have an incredible ministry for ladies called The Bridge that will help you deal with the rejection and the hurt in your life and get you to this freedom that you want. It's incredible, but we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable to get that help. A few weeks ago, this happened to me just a few weeks ago. I, I, was, I was depressed. I was, I was depressed. I just felt like there was this heaviness on me and I couldn't figure out why. Sometimes we're depressed because we're just tired or sometimes we're depressed because we just need a vacation. I mean, there's times there's just, we're just depressed because there's something we can do to fix it. But if we can't figure out if there's no reason why we should be depressed or have a reason for being depressed, it's almost always spiritual. And so I'm like, Lord, and of course, you know, typical humans, I, I feel, feel bad for a whole week. And then I go to God and say, hey, oh yeah, Lord, what, could you tell me what's wrong with me? I, you, I know you know, so would you tell me? I'm sorry I waited as long as I did, but would you tell me what's wrong with me? And he brought to mind a group of people that have rejected me recently. You understand as a pastor, when, when somebody leaves your church, especially when it's someone you've known for a long period of time, it's hard for us to not take that personal. It's hard for us not to feel like that's rejection. And so because of these people and because of the way they left and some things that they said, it, it, it upset me, it, it, it made me angry, it made me feel rejected. And I picked that up. And then I started having these negative emotions because of it. And the Lord brought it to my attention. I'm like, you're right, God, you're totally right. And then all I had to do was forgive them and then tell that spirit to leave. And it was gone, it was gone. And that's the way it will work for you too. But we have to understand that forgiveness process, it may take a little time because we picked up years of rejection. So this is what I encourage you to do. I, I encourage you to go home and, and write down every person that you can remember in your life that's rejected you and then go through specifically and forgive them for what they rejected you or how they rejected you. The more specific you are, the more freedom you will get. Don't forgive people generally, especially if you have deep hurts with a parent or somebody that was close to you. You need to forgive them for everything that you've done, that they did to you specifically. And then you tell that spirit to leave in Jesus' name and you will have a summer of freedom like you, you can't even imagine. 
but it takes a little work. We have responsibility in getting that freedom. So what I want you to do is I want you to stand with me. And Holy Spirit, as we stand together, I pray right now that you would help us to remember anyone in our life that we need to forgive. Bring them to mind right now. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a coach. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's an ex. Maybe it's one of our kids. Lord, we choose to forgive them. So just do that right now. to forgive you, Dad, for abusing me. I choose to forgive you, Mom, for making me feel bad about how I looked. Some of those forgivenesses, those, some of those people you need to offer forgiveness to, that's deep. But forgiveness is for you, it's not for them. You are being held in bondage because you won't forgive the person that hurts you. Don't you think it's time that they stop hurting you? They're still hurting you from something that they did years ago. They probably have no idea that you're hurting or that they're, they, they, that they're, they're continuing to hurt you. Forgive that ex for everything. Forgive that person that was authority that you trusted over your life. Forgive them. And as you do, in Jesus' name, we speak to that spirit of rejection. We speak to that spirit of heaviness. We say, the Lord rebuke you. In Jesus' name, cast that spirit of rejection out of our life. Cast that spirit of heaviness out of our life. And all of the symptoms with it, in Jesus' name. And we'll give you all the praise for it. Now I want you to look at me. Everybody look at me. You may have been delivered from something right then. But for a lot of us, we got to do some more work. We got to forgive. We got to go through the list and we got to forgive and we got to get rid of this once and for all. But for some of us, and you need to hear me on this, you can't forgive until you get rid of the anger. You're still mad. You're still angry. And if you're still angry, what that's going to do is you'll forgive for now, but you'll pick it up later. And Rebecca and I just found this counselor and, and they gave us this exercise. It was just actually through a book. And what they said was to get rid of this anger, what you need to do is you need to go get a broomstick or a bat and you need to go into a bedroom or someplace where you can be alone and just beat the heck out of a bed or a bean bag or whatever and get it all out. Get it all out. You will be blown away what that will do for you. I went into it 
kind of half-hearted, okay, I'll do it. You know, I know I've got these issues, these people I need to forgive. I'm, I'm a little angry. I'll, I'll deal with it. And I got a broomstick. I gave myself blisters. I wouldn't have never wanted anybody to see what came out of me when I got, allowed myself to deal with this anger. But here's the thing. It's going to come out of you one way or another. It's either going to seep out of you over time, which it seems like when you choose that method, the seepage never ends. Or you can get it out once and for all. So I encourage you to do that. Make sure nobody's around because they'll think you lost your mind, okay? And then forgive. And if you need help, call us. Go to the information counter. Go back through deliverance. Get some counseling. Get into the bridge. Sometimes we need help. But freedom is just around the corner for you. Don't you know you were here, placed here in this place today because God wants to heal you. He wants to give you joy and abundant life. But we need to do our part. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. And I pray now that as we leave this place that you would bring us on a journey. We would get rid of this stuff once and for all. You would free us completely. You'd give us a, an unspeakable joy. You'd take away this heaviness and this rejection. And we pray these things in Jesus' holy name. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. I know we went a little long today. Sorry about that, but don't miss the rest of the series and have a great summer. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I'll ask you now to be my savior, to be my guide and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.